He's one of the most famous movie directors in the world, and he does a film that claims Jesus did not rise again from the dead. In fact, Jesus was married, Jesus was buried, and his remains have been found. This is Evidence and Answers with author, speaker, apologist, and scholar, Pat Zuckerman. My name is Kevin Harris, and today we're going to discuss the documentary that aired on Discovery Channel, The Tomb of Jesus. And today's going to be a little bit different because I actually have the opportunity to interview Pat on this important topic on my radio show in Dallas-Fort Worth. So you're going to hear from Pat today on this crucial topic of The Tomb of Jesus and how do you answer allegations like this. In the meantime, go to evidenceandanswers.org for this program and many more resources. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And now let's go to my recent interview with the host of Evidence and Answers, Pat Zuckerman. Pat Zuckerman. You know him from Evidence and Answers. You can go to evidenceandanswers.org. You know him from Probe Ministries. And, um, Pat, I want to hear all about the trip to the Philippines here in just a moment. But in the meantime, I've called you in uh, because I want to talk a little bit about this, uh, this movie that James Cameron did. Even though it's kind of old news now, I do predict that things like this will continue. Uh, we've seen our share of documentaries that attack the Christian faith. You and I have addressed them. You've addressed them on your show and on your website. Um, and this is one of the latest ones uh, to do so. Yes, yeah. Kevin. You know, there's been an increase in the refashioning or the remaking of Jesus into a different kind of Jesus, other than the historical Jesus and the one that's been proclaimed in the New Testament. Now, why this fabrication movement is suddenly picking up heat, we don't know. It's not picking up any steam in the academic arenas. A lot of the theories that are being presented are quite bizarre, but it's being uh, caught, you know, it's catching on with the popular media. For hmm. some reason, there's scandal and intrigue involved, and it seems to be catching on. But this refashioning or remaking of Jesus is nothing new. In fact, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11 about false prophets, false teachers preaching another Jesus. And in 2 John, the apostle John wrote even his day in the letter of 2 John, many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into this world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. So even in the apostles' time, there were false teachers preaching another kind of Jesus. Mm. And here, once again, with James Cameron and the Da Vinci Code and The Last Temptation and The God Who Was Not There and all these movies coming out are, once again, refashioning, remaking Jesus. And what we have here, which came out on March 4th, uh, the James Cameron Discovery Special on the, fam the, quote, supposed family tomb of Jesus is another attempt to recreate or refashion Jesus into a different image other than the historical or the New Testament Jesus. Wow. Did you get a chance to see, or were you in the Philippines when it came out? Uh, did it, you get a chance to see it? Yeah, I was in the Philippines when it came out. Unfortunately, I was out there in the jungle, <laughs> and so I didn't have access to cable or the Internet. Yeah. But as soon as I got back to access to the Internet, then I was able to look all of this information up. And once again, as in the Da Vinci Code, as in The Last Temptation, as in Holy Blood, Holy Grail, uh, we find ourselves dealing with another flawed theory built on some un highly unlikely scenarios, some fishy facts, and some Hollywood hype. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, even for that scripture that you read, those two scriptures, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new about this. We have seen a growing burgeoning trend, almost a cottage industry, to try to refashion Jesus. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Seminar. 
Da Vinci Code. Um, you know, a lot of us have predicted that uh, this would uh, open up this can to the extent that we see it. And it's, it's really starting to happen. And no telling uh, what's coming up. Well, what's some of your initial evaluation, by the way? Um, Discovery Channel has seemed to have seen the light to the extent that they've taken everything off their website on it. They're not going to show it again. And they've tried to distance themselves from this film because... Um, I, I, so many scholars just uh, refuted it and said it's ridiculous. Right, Kevin, let's start there. You know, one of the things that should cause us to possibly reject this theory is what the scholars say. I mean, the tomb was discovered in 1980, so we've known about it for nearly 30 years. And its lack of recognition as having any kind of connection with New Testament characters by the scholarly community who've worked on these tombs uh, is very telling. You know, most scholars, uh, I'm just going to quote about three or four, uh, some of the more prominent archaeologists who have worked on the to- on this tomb. Uh, this is what they say. Professor Amos Cloner, who worked on the tomb, did not associate the ossuaries with Jesus or any New Testament character. And he stated in several of his articles that this was a non-event and he dismisses Cameron's efforts as crass prophet-seeking. Uh, Joe Zayas, who is the curator for anthropology and archaeology at the Rockefeller Museum in Jerusalem, one of the most respected archaeologists. He was there for about 20 years, from 1972 to 1997, and personally numbered these Talpiat ossuaries and stated that Cameron is not an archaeologist and, quote, projects like these make a mockery of the archaeological profession. William Deaver, an expert in Near Eastern archaeology and anthropology who's worked in Israeli archaeology for 50 years, said this. He said, we have known about these ossuaries for many years. The fact it has been ignored tells you something. It, referring to the film, would be amusing if it didn't mislead so many people. Pat Michael Medved wrote a big piece in USA Today, and he says it's that time, uh, it's spring, coming close to Easter, and once again, we can expect, he says in this big piece, an attack on uh, the beliefs, particularly of Christians. Uh, he says what is very ironic about this movie that James Cameron and this uh, other filmmaker, Sinja uh, Jakobovici, did uh, was that Jakobovici did a 2006 documentary called The Exodus Decoded on the History Channel that argued for the factual basis of Moses' story. But it got no attention. He does this that uh, puts Jesus into question, and it's it's huge, you know. So there you go. Right, we're in the age where you know scandal sells, and where there is cover up and intrigue. That's what's going to sell. And you told uh, us earlier that uh, the scholars have repudiated uh, repudiated this and re- refuted it, and said there's there's nothing to this whole thing. Right. And there's just too many of them to say there's some kind of cover up here. You know, in the book written by Simka Jakobovicki, and I'm only going to pronounce that once. From here on, <laughs> I'll call him Jacob, you know. Yeah. Um, S.J. I yeah, don't know. Even in that book, as I was reading it, he writes it in a way that these scholars like Amos Cloner and all these guys are rejecting these facts and performing some kind of cover up. So there's some intrigue there. And maybe that's why, you know, this book is got the kind of brief popularity that it has, but scandal sells, you know, and that's what a lot of people are looking for. You put that kind of twist on archaeology and intrigue, and it'll really begin to sell and be uh, popular with the media. You know, Kevin, we're going over what the scholars say, but also this 
theory by Cameron and Jacob is built on a couple highly improbable scenarios. And just like the Da Vinci Code, I'm recycling old facts, which is kind of good for us, you know. Uh, But it's built on the fact that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. And of course, there's uh, very little proof of that. You're really going out on a limb to try to make that assertion. Uh, First of all, there's no proof in the New Testament that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were a pair. Whenever you see in the New Testament, women, they are matched with their male counterpart. And Mary Magdalene is not, although there's great opportunity to do. She's identified with the town she's from, Migdal. So Mary Magdalene, she's never tied with Jesus at the cross when Jesus is dying. Mary Magdalene is there standing next to the mother of Jesus. Now, Jesus addresses his mother, meets her needs, but says nothing to Mary, quote, Magdalene, his, quote, wife. Very strange. And at the resurrection, when he, she sees the risen Christ, the first words out of her mouth is, Rabboni, my teacher. That's not the words you would say to your husband you just saw rise, you know, who mm-hmm. you saw die, and now he's standing there alive in front of you. You'd be saying, honey, dear, or something, you know. Uh, something more intimate. So there's no evidence from the New Testament. The second historical reference you look at are the writings of the church fathers. They say very little of Mary Magdalene, say nothing of the child, and there should be a lot written. A lot's written on Mary, the mother of Jesus, and you would expect a lot written on the child of Jesus. You know, how much of that divine nature was passed on to the child? Well, nothing, absolute silence. And so they go to where these other guys are going now, and you're seeing a popularity once again, a rise of the Gnostic Gospels. These Gnostic Gospels are written in the late, late second century to fourth century AD, so they could not have been written by the apostles they are ascribed to. They are Gnostic, they are teaching views that contradict the New Testament, for example, uh, that women are impure because they produce fleshly physical beings, and the physical is impure in Gnosticism. Yeah, women are really viewed, uh, have a, there's a low view of, of women, of, of, of anything physical in Gnosticism. Right, because in Gnosticism, that's what it's all about. There's the secret knowledge that only it's only for a few that have been enlightened that the spiritual world is pure and the physical world is impure. In fact, the physical world uh, was not made by the one, but these lesser demiurges through a projection of their mind. And actually, (laughs) those who uh, made the physical creation are the evil demiurges or the demigods. And uh, therefore, the physical realm is impure, you know, and so women produce physical beings. And so they are really in a lower class. Here's here's the bottom line. A lot of these rogue scholars today are trying to combine Gnosticism and Christianity and are trying to make connections there that, that just aren't there. First, I thought, you know, we don't even need to talk about this because the Discovery Channel has distanced itself. Uh, reputable scholars have said there's nothing to it, and it was uh, you know a joke. This documentary on Jesus and everything, but uh, then I'm thinking that, the, and and I think you're thinking too that um, this is nothing new, and this kind of thing is going to continue. Right, we're going to have old news, but new kind of hype, and that's what we got here. That's what we had in the Da Vinci Code. That's what we had in the Gospel of Judas. Uh, just old news and new kind of hype, you know. And we we're talking about the Gnostic Gospels. There's a resurgence of interest in them. Because uh, there is a liberal movement coming out of the Northeast saying that we have to recreate Jesus. And the complete picture of Jesus is not found in these four Gospels. The complete picture of Jesus is found in the four Gospels, which are, um, they question its historical reliability. 
that uh, many question have they been preserved accurately you know and they have but they're saying they you know these liberals saying they have not been and to get the complete picture of Jesus you got you got to also add these gnostic gospels like gospel of thomas gospel right. of philip uh, and all these late Right. Gospels and, and filled with Gnostic philosophy that contradict clearly uh, biblical teaching, and uh, they're written way too late, so they're not apostolic. They were never considered part of the canon. And here, Cameron's theory on the secret marriage of Jesus and Mary Magdalene is built on just two passages, which we question. Pat is my go-to guy when we talk about things that attack the Christian faith. Uh, this Discovery Channel documentary. Uh, attack the Christian faith, even though the Discovery Channel has distanced themselves from it, and scholars have said it's ridiculous. Michael Medved said, is this spelling the end of James Cameron's career? He went from the Titanic to this thing, and uh, and so on. But at the same time, it we want to make sure that you can answer these questions. So what if people say that, uh, uh, you know, Jesus didn't really resurrect? Uh, as a Christian, how do you address that? Uh, what if he were married to Mary Mary Magdalene had a child named Judah and all the outrageous things that they were saying. Another thing that comes up on this, Pat, is that I didn't want to be too hasty in saying, oh, this is ridiculous, prior to looking at the evidence, because that's what I ask our skeptical friends to do. I ask them to look at the evidence. And if they say, I don't need to look at it and my mind's made up, then I'll say, hey, you know, you're closed-minded. So I didn't want to be closed-minded at the same time and encourage us not to. Let's look and see what the evidence brings out. Right. Fortunately for the Christian faith, uh, the evidence in this against the Christian faith failed miserably. Right. You know, and Kevin, uh, these are actually uh, opportunities. We shouldn't see them as obstacles, as op- opportunities. If Christianity is true, then it can stand up to these kinds of challenges. And it helps us to examine our faith and even investigate in areas and answer questions that we may not have been thinking of. So what you're saying is very positive, because what we can do is just say, oh, woe is me. Right. You know, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we can expect it in, in tribulation and uh, persecution. But it's also a good opportunity. Right. You know, I get questions on this all the time, and I end up, you know, you, you can't end up but sharing the gospel at the very end when you're talking to your skeptical friends, and you're not the one bringing it up. They are. And let's talk to Kirk in Dallas. Hi, Kirk. You're on the air. Uh, my mother-in-law, she has a steady diet of Discovery Channel mm-hmm. and A&E Mysteries of the Bible and that type of thing. And um, my wife and I, we beat our heads against the wall because we try to get her to read uh, like Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ and other type of apologetics works. And she just won't do it. She, I don't know if it's, she thinks she doesn't have the time or she doesn't want to, you know, we try to get her to listen to it on audio and, and she won't do that. But I think if it's in video form, she might sit down and, and give it a watch, but uh, it it's almost like beating our heads against the wall to uh, to uh, try to get her to uh, entertain anything else. You know, she she <laughs> she thinks that uh, we've already got our minds made up, and uh, we tell her, hey, we'll we'll watch it and discuss it. But uh, uh, it's like if it's not in video, she won't even entertain. Uh, different answers. Well, you know, I tell you, Kirk, your your mom is not alone on that. Uh, We're finding more and more people because of uh, generations with TV are more visually oriented. And uh, so, you know, so that's kind of where it's going, though. Thanks for the call, Kirk. I appreciate that. And uh, what do you think, Pat? Well, yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people in her camp like her, you know, and one of the best things we can do is just equip ourselves. And so when the opportunity arises... You know, we are able to share with our friends and family members because uh, hopefully they're 
uh, willing to engage with us at least. And even if she doesn't want to look at the facts you're presenting, hopefully you're understand the situation enough where you can ask some good questions. Just you know, like, yeah. she's certainly not going to get a good balanced view mm-hmm. just watching documentaries right. Right. on Christianity or on the Lord from A&E and the History Channel and Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. Those guys uh, aren't going, uh, they're, they're going to go for the sensational so often. Right, you know, and so uh, the more you know on the situation, the better you're going to be. For example, when they say, well, Mary Amene A. Mara, that's Mary the Master. If you just know a little bit, you can say, is that correct? I mean, the Greek uh, says there, actually, it's uh, Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think they got Mary the Master from? You yeah. know, just start popping questions like that and hopefully, well... Tell me what you think, and then you got your opportunity. Well, here, let me tell you why I don't think it's Mary Magdalene. By the way, uh, Kirk mentioned the the case for Christ and Lee Strobel. That's coming out on uh, video, a movie version of it. Again, we're very video-oriented society and so on. Let's talk to Greg in the colony. Hi, Greg, you're on the air. Uh, Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, basically, I was listening to what you're saying, and, and everything that you're saying, um, you know, the, the advice you're giving is great and everything. Um, i just like to to say that also, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to uh, basically look at the Bible as the, as the proof. And the majority of people, and at least the majority of people that I know, you know, say they believe in the Bible. So, uh, I mean, basically, I'm just going to refer people back to the Scripture and say, if it's in here, then it's true, and if it's not, then, you know, and, and naturally something that's been around as long as the Bible is going to outweigh anything that uh, that anybody else that, you know, just decides to throw something to the wind, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean, and um, what what happens here, Greg, is... When the Bible is attacked, it's and uh, we live in a post-Christian society. Quite often, the Bible it doesn't hold the prestige that it once did. And as Francis Schaeffer predicted, more and more people are going to demand proof as to why they should believe the Bible in our society. And that, that tends to be kind of unfortunate uh, that uh, our, our our society has gone that way. But uh, unfortunately, that's uh, pet kind of where we are you have to back up a couple of steps and do some pre-evangelism quite often right and you know we know this when we go into foreign countries where they say well it doesn't say that in the quran period you know and so greg brings up a great point i mean he brings up a great the bible is the authority and we all agree on that but when you're on a ball field where people say no bible is just the book of myth and legends you know there's there's no support that this is the word of god why should i take it as an authority then you need to go one step back and say because uh, the facts and the evidence support the inspiration of the Bible and build your case that way. Greg, I appreciate the call. John in North Richland Hills. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Kevin and Pat. appreciate you taking my call. You bet. I was uh, curious about the uh, inscription on the ossuary that was in the Jesus tomb. I, it's been a long time since I had Hebrew, and I wasn't tracking along real well, but I noticed that whenever they translated the uh, inscription on there, that the order was wrong. Well, usually, whenever Hebrew reads from right to left, and uh, was showing, and they wrote above the words uh, "Jesus, Son of Joseph" or "Yeshua Bar Yosefi," mm-hmm. uh, it actually was it read "Joseph, Son of Jesus." In order, and I and I was curious about that. Nobody has said anything about it, and yet whenever they they tried to link the James ossuary later on, 
they showed the same uh, inscription from the James Ossuary, and it had it in the right order. Hmm. Interesting. And I was curious about that. Did you notice that, Pat? You know, I really didn't notice it. Uh, I was trying hard to read the inscription on the tomb itself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was really concentrating on that. But the guys who've translated are Hebrew scholars, so I'm going to take it that they had it, you know, they right. translated it correctly. Yes, I had wondered if that was an option for them to be able to put it in that order. Another thing is is that uh, a lot of the scholars disagree uh, with one of the inscriptions in the ossuary that the documentary said said Jesus, and they said no, or, I mean Yeshua, and they said no, it could mean uh, this. In fact, that it probably does uh, another name, you know. So yes. uh, anyway, there's so they had to speculate a lot, you know. Yes, and it also seems strange to me that. Uh, since it wasn't required in any of the uh, traditions for them to put names on those boxes, except just to keep track of who was who, yeah. why would they go so far as to put Jesus' name on a box when they're trying to perpetuate a myth? Mm. Right. That they would seem ridiculous. John, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and also, you know, the inscription, as John brought up, is a good point. You know, it's Jesus, son of Joseph. He was not known by that name. He was not called by that by that name except by his uh, opponents or those who had made a mistake. Uh, his disciples and those close to him did not call him that. And especially when his brothers uh, uh, became believers after the resurrection, you know, they um, I don't think they would bury him and inscribe the name Jesus, son of Joseph. And they never called him by that mm -hmm. uh, during his lifetime of ministry, especially when they all came to be convinced he's the divine son of God. Yeshua, Joshua, common name, you know, at the time. And um, so I do want to see further excavation done, uh, Pat, because um, I think that this could actually backfire against people who are saying, see there, the skeptics are saying, you know, there's nothing to Christianity. When in actuality, we could uncover some really good stuff here as we have in the past. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the land of Israel is small, and they do a lot of construction. They got to put in new projects, new apartments and things. And often as they're digging, you know, they'll come across historic sites or ancient graves like these, and they got to do some quick work. And unfortunately, they take the artifacts that they can, like these ossuaries, put them in a museum, and the original site gets dug up in a complex or housing complex, apartment complex, goes over them, and they're really uh, the site itself is lost forever. So unfortunately, uh, that's the case in the land of Israel. We do want to mention it again. Uh, it ended up really nothing being to it, especially what they were trying to sensationally tell us that they had found the remains of Jesus. It has just been repudiated. However, we do expect this kind of a thing to continue uh, in documentaries and uh, on the pop level, and the press certainly gravitates to the more sensationalistic things like this. We as Christians aren't diligent in the Word, and therefore a lot of false teachings and a lot of this kind of hype coming out from Cameron and the Da Vinci Code and the cults can proliferate because we as Christians haven't really studied and prepared ourselves and shown ourselves approved workmen as the Bible states. And uh, also we did a show with a scholar named Dr. Craig Evans and he wrote a great book that you may want to refer to, Fabricating Jesus, talking about this whole movement coming out of the Northeast to recreate and fabricate a new kind of Jesus.
We want to thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman on this timely topic and remind you that you can get this entire series at our website, evidenceandanswers.org. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find some of the best resources on presenting and defending your faith in Christ to an increasingly skeptical world at evidenceandanswers.org. World religions, atheism, the cults, the occult, apologetics, scientific and philosophical arguments for the existence of God, creation and evolution, the reliability of the Bible, archaeology and history, and the end times, to name but just a few. You'll find Pat Zuckerman's interviews with leading scholars and speakers on the most crucial issues facing the church and the world. Go to evidenceandanswers.org and be equipped. And right now, there's a free offer from Evidence and Answers, Pat's teaching on the Da Vinci Code deception. The Da Vinci Code book and movie will continue to impact the world for some time. And you can expect sequels and spinoffs to continue to influence people to doubt the claims of Jesus Christ. So get Pat's teaching on this important subject for free. It's yours for the asking. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org and click on Contact Pat. Evidence and Answers is supported by you, the listener, who appreciates a program that gives good answers to good questions. Our calling is to do what the Apostle Paul did on Mars Hill in Athens. He presented and defended the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll help you do the same by the grace of God. Just go to evidenceandanswers.org and any gift or purchase of resources will be a tremendous encouragement to us. And remember that this entire series is available at evidenceandanswers.org. This has been Kevin Harris. Thank you so much for listening to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuckerman. Don't forget about the free offer we have, Pat's teaching in front of a live audience on the Da Vinci Code deception. Go there now. God bless and thanks so much for listening. Evidence and Answers dot o